head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, and it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Julia Littman. Today, I am joined by Aaron Foster, the host of the world, co-host of the world's first podcast and co-founder of Favorite Daughter, and probably know her from her comedy on Instagram and on television and elsewhere. Erin, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Julia. Thank you for having me. Um, I've been asking you to do this for a very long time. So, wait, you have? You. I didn't yeah. even notice. I didn't know that. Oh my god! I DM'd you like so many times over the last like eighteen months, so you finally responded. Did I respond to you before and not? Yeah, like, follow you, through. You did. D- don't worry. I'm an Instagram creep. I just like I DM strangers all the time. Don't worry. It's great. Um, I'm just well, glad you're here I, now. I appreciate. Um, I appreciate being asked uh, to be on the show. Um, Montana, who is sitting nearby, is a big fan of your podcast, and oh, uh, thanks, Montana, Montana is my uh, like radar for what's cool and youthful. Oh. And so when she says something's cool, you know, I pay attention. That's great. I would say I'm neither cool nor youthful, but I really appreciate that. I'd like to be lumped in with that. So that's great. Yeah, same. And that's if you've if you've expired and are no longer youthful and cool, then it's important (laughs) to keep someone youthful and cool around you and then let them make decisions for you so that you can appear cool and youthful. Is there anything else she's recommending that I should know about? I mean, there's always things. First of all, she knows about things like any pop culture thing that's happening in the world. She knows before it's even happened. Okay. And I'll be like, hey, have you seen this really funny meme about? And she's like, bitch, welcome to three years ago. (laughs) Uh, All right. So she's good to have around. Yeah. yeah, Very. What do you and she think of Clayton as the bachelor so far? You know what? We haven't really chatted through Clayton as a bachelor. 
Um, I'm glad you're on right now because I want to ask your thoughts, but you don't have a microphone, so you can't explain yourself. Oh, this episode sold Montana on him. Oh, I, you know what? I really felt like he grew into the role in this episode. I totally agree. What like what stood out to you? What were the moments you're like, OK, I'm in. Well, first and foremost, you've not asked me my history of love for the Bachelor franchise. So I would like to take it you upon know, myself. It's funny. I usually start that way, but the conversation just flowed, Aaron. So I you wanted to go with like it. We're two old friends and you wanted to dive right in. Yeah. Um, I have been, not that anyone asked, um, have been a Bachelor fan for a very long time. I don't know which year, but like, I think I was in high school. So what was your um, first season? Like, what's your old. earliest Bachelor memory? Oh, God. I want to say like, I have a the better tire, question. The tire guy, that. Firestone guy. Andrew Firestone. Okay. Nice. That's really old, right? Really old. Yeah. I yeah. think that's I re- before I was Jesse also- Palmer, if I recall correctly. I remember being deeply invested in the pilot episode, Jake. Jake Pavelka. I mean, all time lunatic. Yeah. He's yeah. Major craze, crazy pants. Uh, there is a bunch that stood out for me. Um, that okay. That's really- a long time though. I don't think I've had anyone reference Andrew Firestone as like a, like a contemporary event. It's only been like, remember Andrew Firestone. I know I'm dating myself, but, um, it's but fine. I've been a really loyal watcher and fan, uh, mind you in a friend circle and family that I have zero support on this because nobody around me gives a <laughs> shit about The Bachelor, except for now, Montana. But I've so, never had any of my sisters or friends care about it. Um, and so it's really been like a solo journey for me that I've stayed pretty steadfast with. Um, I will say that I fell off the wagon a little bit the last two or three years when they're jamming so many seasons back to back. I got to be honest, I tapped out a little bit. It's been hard. I've been exhausted. I mean, not that my I life's a, so hard, but it's I just too much a, Bachelor. Yeah, like I need a break in between, not because I need a break from it, but because I need to want more. You know, sure. I need to like get excited for it to come back. And it just felt too many seasons jammed in. And it and it felt like they started being a little bit like loose with how they picked someone. You know, it wasn't like the standout, exciting person that everyone died for. Sure. And I want to be invested because like their journey was really exciting to us. And so Clayton, um, you know, I don't think was like some big standout person for everyone. No, he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, and oh, I will say hot take. I don't know if this is popular or not, but um, I really enjoyed Katie. Wow, that is a hot take. Okay. Interesting. And I'll tell you why. Yes, I'd love to know why. I wasn't expecting okay. that. I was in, I assumed you skipped Katie's season. So that's Did this not. Is great. Somehow she made it in for me. Okay. Um, I wanted to skip her season cause it seemed like it was going to be boring, but then somehow I got pulled in. The reason why is because I really don't connect with like pageanty girls. Yeah. And the girls on this show notoriously from the beginning of time are just not my cup of tea. They mm-hmm. have no, uh, sense of humor whatsoever. Zero sarcasm, zero self-deprecation. Um, just never in on the joke. And they just tend to be these like fembot kind of girls that are not for me. They're just sure. very like hair and makeup, you know, surfacey stuff, you know, awkward giggling, but not really driving the comedy or the sense of humor. And I, it's just not, I've not really enjoyed it. Very pageanty. Uh, so I've never really like vibed with any of the girls. Katie for me was the first girl in the franchise to really have a proper sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Shit's and true. I liked that about her. She felt like she was a real person. She yeah. wasn't like, so, um, 
like cutesy. I don't know. I'm always like very triggered by like adult women who like love Disney, for instance. Disney adults. I can't. I was just talking about Disney adults. Also, I know you grew up in Southern California, so that means a lot because Southern Californians are obsessed with Disneyland. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah. Disney adults are are alarming. Just kind of like a grown women that call their father daddy and not in a sexual way and have stuffed animals and are like cutesy, girly. It just doesn't do it for me. And it feels very um, synonymous with like bachelor girl vibes. Sure. And Katie felt like she, I don't know, she had a good sense of humor. Uh, she broke the I was mold. Not, she broke the mold. Yeah. She felt like, I mean, she she's still dressed with a lot of sequins. I wasn't like thrilled with the fashion choices, but that can be learned. Yeah, of you course. Know? I thought I thought it was clear when she was wearing an outfit she didn't want to be wearing, which usually had a lot of sequins on it. Like she was a lot more comfortable in T-shirts and jeans, which is a normal person thing to do. So I will say I rarely ever see any girl on the show wearing a dress that I would want to wear to a party. Oh, rarely. Some Sometimes early on in the season for like a casual date, like when they're doing like a day date, like this week, someone was wearing like a cute, short white dress when they went to the Avalon, which gave me like terror flashbacks to previous times I've been there. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, that's like kind of normal. But there was one dress this week that was so cheap looking. I was just like, this is don't do any more close-ups. It's too, it's too much. It's yeah. I just wonder like, would you ever go on a date dressed like you're going to the daytime Emmys? No, you would not. So if you <laughs> no. wouldn't do that, then why do you want to do that on the bachelor? Why wouldn't you want to wear like a cool outfit? Why wouldn't you want to wear a cool dress or a cool, like uh pant combo? Jeans? Sure. Yeah. Not like a skinny jean with those like wooden booty, uh, booty heels. I don't want those, but like dress like you would on a, on a cute date. I don't know. I used to have a go-to date outfit when I was what single was it? and it was like high-waisted black skinny jeans with like a, um, kind of sheer button up like black or Navy blouse, you know, so you like mm-hmm. a little bra peeking out and like a cute belt and sure some boots or something. Yeah. That sounds great. Did you watch Matt James this season? You know what? I missed that season. That's for the best, but someone yeah. on it <laughs> named Brie. She dressed really well and it was very noticeable. There's also was a woman named Chelsea who was like, she's literally a runway model and like she also dressed really well and it was very noticeable. Katie's night one dress, that red sequiny dress was appalling. Mm. It looked it was awful. Just didn't devastating. fit. It was also, just she's so a cute bad. girl and it did not, yeah. it did her no favors. Yeah, it was definitely weird. The other girl I will say mm-hmm. that I, I vibed with that I didn't, necessarily expect to was Hannah Brown. I really liked watching her put guys in their place. And Mm. I really liked the, you know, there's a lot of like Christian girls on this show, very like religious, good Christian girl energy. And that doesn't always vibe with me. And I liked the way that she was like, I'm a Christian girl who um, is in charge of my own body and can have sex with whoever I want to. And I'm not going to like let a man slut shame me. I was, I was into that kind of unexpected turn. I loved Hannah's season as well. It was absolutely delight. I remain in love with Tyler Cameron. So, uh, you know, just always and forever. He's the best. So it was, that was a really good season. And I was, I do think when one reason I like this Clayton season is I think it's better when they have sex before this fantasy suites because a it's realistic and B it just is like a natural kind of drama. It's much better than like, Oh, she was talking about you. Like when there's like a real, real life, like, you know, consequence of dating and like dating multiple people. It's thrilling. So I can't wait. Like, let's get to Are it. Are we aware that they have sex before the fantasy suites? 
Um, I don't know if it's before, but I think so. There's been, they've been highly teasing the scene of Clayton saying, I have to tell you, I've been intimate with, with three of you. And oh, I, I did see that early on. I did see that yeah. early on. You're right. I have to assume um, that's before fantasy suites. Cause otherwise it'd be implied. So yeah, I like, I like, um, I think that Clayton, there's more than meets the eye. I think mm-hmm. that he seemed like he was going to be a, a pushover and really like basic in his choices. And I think that he's proven himself to be, I think, I don't know, a little bit more mature than I expected him to be. Um, And I really like the way that he doesn't seem to go for the typical girl you'd expect him to go for, the cookie cutter, you know, white girl that's like in his face that's like you would pair him with out in the world. I like that he has like a real wide um, array of taste. And like, that's how it should be. I I agree with you. I... I also thought that just like him talking about his body was pretty um, yeah. refreshing. Like that's just not really common to hear about male body insecurity, especially on The Bachelor and especially from someone who looks like Clayton does. So that was that was like cool and different. And uh, that definitely made me have more like just like I, I feel like it was such like a common thing. He made made it easy to relate to him in a good way. I agree. I did laugh a little bit in the vulnerability circle when it was I hate like the vulnerability. circle. Hey, <laughs> I hey. weirdly I weirdly like it, but I did think it was funny how they're like, OK, what is something that you're not proud of in your in yourself? And Clayton's like, I guess probably just that, like, I haven't been as open with people that I've dated and like have hurt them. And you're like, mm, that's not really vulnerable. That's like kind of saying you dissed people, which makes you sound cool. And then the second person's <laughs> like, oh, mine's kind of the same. Like, I just wish I hadn't hurt so many people. And then the third one's like, I guess mine's kind of the same. It's like I just have my boundaries up. It's like, you guys, clearly that is not going to be the worst shameful thing that you have that you've like dissed people and had the upper hand relationships, you know, like that's like the safest answer. And then they dove deeper, which I appreciated. Yeah, clearly they cut out Caitlin asking more questions. I mean, otherwise, there's no explanation for how we got to talking about body image and whatnot. So I'd love to know what the journey was to getting there. But, uh, you know, I'll take it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Also, I haven't mentioned that Rachel Lindsay was like my favorite bachelorette and she was just like very cool. Rachel's and awesome. I, I really loved how she today. was the first like proper career woman because this Me show too. has not has not really highlighted women with real jobs. And um, you see just a lot of sort of vague job descriptions. Um, and I really appreciated seeing like a badass proper career woman. I like this season. A lot of the women's jobs must be real. Like, I feel like one of them is like assistant. She lives in LA. And like one is like, I don't know. They're like very real jobs. I think another is like trainer lives in LA. And I was like, yes, this is great. Oh, one was like social media coordinator. And I was like, yeah, these are actual jobs that people have. Like, there's no reason to like make up a job and then, you know, try try to like turn make it a joke. I agree with you. I'm all about working and I think it's great. So yeah, I think like how long can we suspend belief and pretend like the girl that says she lives in Ohio actually lives in Ohio and that she's not actually a bartender in Los <laughs> Angeles trying to be an actress. Like I can't pretend that these people live in their hometowns. And so I want the show to just kind of like, I don't know, pull embrace up a little it. bit. Yeah. Like let's embrace the truth. If your job is that you are an influencer, then let's write that down in your caption. If your job is that you're here for the wrong reasons, cause you want to be famous. Let's just be, let's just be really <laughs> candid and clear about it. We can't pretend that you're a medical sales rep in Iowa. Absolutely. As you're watching, are there other like changes that you think to yourself they should they should make? 
Yeah, I think that the um the sprinkling in of um like celebrities in the in the appearances in the celebrity appearances of the show, I think that they really don't utilize them enough. Kind of, they don't really you don't really get to know the celebrity. They aren't really participating. They're just sort of like it's sort of like a fluff role. You know? Sure, sure. Um, Would you do it if you were on? If they were like Aaron, maybe you and your sister Sarah co-host like to promote your podcast. What kind of date would you want to host? Like, what would be your ideal? So we were asked this you year, were? yep, to be the Hillary Duff role. Oh my god! Um, I don't think this is us. This is me saying like you know, oh, I got the offer first. It's not like it's like an acting job. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, they they came to us, and I think there was sort of scheduling issues, and they also wanted us to use Sarah's kids for the oh. kid party, and we were like, no, we're not going to use Sarah's kids, but we'll use like just get actor kids or whatever kids. Um, and let, and like maybe let us come up with some other fun ideas to make it funnier or cool or whatever. Um, and I think either they, they just moved on from us or they didn't, the schedules didn't work out. And, um, and then Hillary was on and not using her own kids. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So seriously. we could have not used our own kids, but even with Hillary, I feel like they didn't use her enough. Cause like, she's, you know, she's been on that show younger for years, Love and, younger. which is all about relationships. And like, she's a girl that can really get down with girls about dating, I'm sure, and about relationships and like how to, I don't know, like deal with the rejection or the fear or the anxiety. And like, I feel like use her. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a, it's a good point. Also, it's all about their editing choices because like they've decided to stick to like these very like, you know, this classic narratives. Like it's sort of like a back to basic season, but they could have mixed it up a little bit more, or made it more fun. Do you remember when Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher were on? It was actually Rachel's season, actually, I believe. I do remember that. They that got was to talk cool. a lot more. Yeah, it was. It was cool. Um, may I ask you a question? I've always been dying to know this. Hillary yeah. Duff was clearly promoting How I Met Your Father, which yeah. I actually did, didn't know at the time. But then like a million people pointed out to me, whatever. Besides, besides the point, I would just say I just said obviously and I was actually it wasn't obvious, but mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind. Perhaps you won't or can't answer this. But do they pay you to be to appear as a like a guest host or is they it do purely? Not. Wow. Interesting. No, they don't pay you. It's really just that's ridiculous. There might be some sort of like um, union minimum or something. They probably have to pay you a union minimum just for appearing on a TV show. You get probably like, I don't know, some four hundred dollar check or something. Uh, But there's no it's not paid. I do know that they pay uh, the musicians who perform. Oh, interesting. Which I mean, that also could use an upgrade, in my opinion. (laughs) Of course, because I die in the moments where like they walk out and it's like, I have a huge surprise for you, Ashley Serrano's. And she's like, ah! And you're like, you don't know who that is. You've never heard of that artist at all. Definitely don't. I just made uh, up an artist's name, by the way. I hope that nobody, no musician with that name exists. The only one that I had really ever heard of, I think, is Chase Rice when he was on Peter's well, season. that was iconic. Yeah, that was iconic. Plus, I watched Survivor and I remember him from Survivor. So, Oh, I didn't even know he was on Survivor. Yeah, he's like, he was making the rounds. Clearly wanted to be famous. So, which, you know, he did it. So I'm happy for him. And also, his I mean, song was nothing catchy. was better than Victoria realizing that the guy who essentially hooked up with her and dissed her yeah. was on the date with her. I mean, there's just Unreal. nothing better. That was... TV magic. It was it was amazing. That was also like the last time the world was normal. Peter's season was right before the pandemic. So it's just like, yeah. it'll always have a place in my heart, even though Peter, I think, sucks as an individual. I'm still incredibly triggered by Peter's mom. Incredibly <laughs> triggered by her. I just can't <laughs> handle their relationship. It just, it's really hard to watch. <laughs> it's kind of like what you said earlier about adults who call their father's daddy. Uh, he is the male counterpart to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. I, 
I bet he loves Disneyland. He probably would be like, yeah, let's go and have some beers. So he just, like, is wants to hang Disneyland. Out. <laughs> the Disney adult thing is very, very real. It it's is. like, am I taking us off the rails? And you really want to focus on this episode in this season? Not at all. This winding road is great. It's much better. Also, I like learning about other people's feelings in like relationship to the show because I'm so deep in it. I mentioned this to you earlier, but I've been doing this for almost 10 years, which like I keep mentioning to people because I'm embarrassed by it. Um, and so I'm like, this is like, this is great. I'm just happy to learn about other people's obsession. So to that point, do you watch The Bachelor ironically? And I mean that in like, do you watch it and you go, oh, I... I'm looking for the best in each of these girls or guys and I'm looking for it to see, succeed and I want to see these people fall in love and have children. Or are you watching it like a like a car wreck you can't look away from? Um, At this point, neither. It definitely started as a car wreck. Like, I started watching really in earnest with Ali Fedotowski season, actually with Jake Pavelka when he and Vienna had their like crazy breakup and, and whatnot. Ali Fedotowski was on Jake season and she was like one of the first career girls. She left the bachelor to go back to her job at Facebook. And I, I'm not like, remembering this for some reason. I need that to, was, it names. was in 2009. Um, it was a long time ago. I <laughs> for sure was watching that. What was the season that what's happened? I guess a couple of times. What was the season? The guy who picked the wrong girl and switched Jason Mesnick, Jason. And he's like still part of the franchise, right? He, they're still together. Yeah, him and Molly. Yeah, they're like really lovely. I've met them. I've met all these people too. They're like mostly nice. I was <sighs> deeply invested in that in that journey. That was amazing. That was before they did the finales live. So like that was all scripted and they like were able to like sit on it and like He no also knew. was one of the first like single dads. That was not he, a thing. Yes, I know. And his, they like had a date, him and Melissa, who he chose before choosing Molly, had a date in his house where his son was sleeping upstairs. Like they went to Seattle and his son Ty was like in bed. And it was just like sleep. I respect it when it's just a real storyline. It's just a very real thing. It was great. Also, in that date, they like went to the Seattle radio station and he ranked the women like who was the best kisser and they were listening. Oh, God. I always, you know, they do that a lot on the um, like reunion shows, you know, where an audience member asks. Yeah. And I just always think it's so funny you say that. I was just thinking about this last night. I was watching Clayton making out with all these girls and you can see who's a good and bad kisser, right? Like, it's very clear. One of the girls was just like opening and closing her mouth like a fish. And I was like, how have you never <laughs> learned to kiss? This is crazy. <laughs> and I was thinking, what a wild ride to be testing out what it's like to make out with like 30 different people at once. And what if the person that you end up with, you know, is like a... um uh, a inferior kisser to another girl. Like, I don't know if I could end up with someone that I knew is not as good of a kisser because kissing is like so much chemistry is such a huge part of, of kissing. Yeah. yeah, of course. Well, I was just going to say that I think a big part of kissing is, is not objective, but subjective, even if it's like they're objectively a worse kisser, but you're more into them. And like, you just, you want to sleep with them more and then yeah. I think it, it just becomes better even if they're like not as smooth or they're a little bit more of a fish face. But I yeah, mean, I, th I think you have to obviously trick yourself into something to make it work. But that's true about all relationships. There's a bit of self-delusion. That's involved. true. Juliet, are you single? I am. Yeah, you're single. OK, so you're looking for someone to make out with. Yeah, I'd love to make out with someone right now. Would That'd you be ever be on The Bachelor? No, definitely not. I can't. Absolutely not. And also, now that I know you don't get paid to like be on a date, that's, <laughs> 
That's a no. No for me. Well, but let's be clear. You get paid in other ways when you're on The Bachelor. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you get you end up with a lot of endorsement deals. Sure. I mean, that's why people go on the show now. So it's like this, it's like the central truth of The Bachelor. Who are you? Do you remember who you were like, oh, God, bad kiss? Which one that was? Um, Honestly, I think it was his one on one last night with um, with Susie. the girl. Uh, with Sarah, the scaven- excuse me. Sarah. Sarah, the scavenger hunt. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't look like a great kiss. Scavenger hunt. Awful. Immersive Van Gogh, awesome. I was like, yeah, okay, take the good place, of the bad. I was like, how's no one ever taking me on a date there? They I know. Very cool. Um, scavenger Hunt was super boring to me. Boring and also like, why do they have to be in their underwear? Like there's really like, I'm not getting anything from this. Like vulnerability, a, Juliet, just, vulnerability. <laughs> make them wear something stupid. Like what if they had to wear a dumb hat or like what if they had to wear like a color they're really uncomfortable with? There's other ways to make people uncomfortable other than just being naked. And especially when Uh, it's coming off the heels of his body vulnerability. I know. I know. I found myself looking at his body and being like, I'm looking for the thing that you're insecure about and you look great. (laughs) Also, they just picked the most like unattractive like like bathing suits, underwear. Like it just wasn't even like hot in any way. It was awkward. And honestly, I think that it's just a weird thing to do. I mean, I remember when I was single, um, a guy asked me out on a date and he was like, I'm going to surprise you. I can't tell you where we're going. Just bring a bathing suit. I'm going to pick you up and and have a bathing suit with you. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing like a surprise (laughs) bathing suit date. Please tell me where we're going and what we're doing. Awful. That's honestly awful. And he was going to take me to like a Russian spa where you like, you know, go in like the hot springs or whatever. And I said, that's a hard no for me. I'm not doing a first date with you in a bathing suit. First date? I was going to ask what number date it was. Oh my God. First. I was so not offended by it. And I was like, for you to want to spring that on me, like it, not cute. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think that that's, um, I don't think it's the right kind of vulnerability to, uh, impose on a date, you know, to yeah, get people I, to open up. I just can't imagine suggesting that on a first date. Like what kind of psychopath do you have to be? I'm sorry to whoever this person was. That's crazy. <laughs> don't be sorry. I think it was psychotic behavior. I was very surprised. I wonder if you feel the same that he chose Sarah for the one-on-one. Well. I don't know. Chose. Do you, how much do you like know about the bachelor? Oh, you asked me how I watched this show. Um, it's, it's like a job. It's the same way that I don't know, like what's something that you got really, were really into at first, but then just like became a part of like your, your work working with my sister. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's, uh, the bachelor is my sister and I'm just like, I'm so deep. does it take the, it's got to take the joy out of it for you. I well, even thought last night when I was watching it, knowing I was coming on this podcast, I was like, is this going to ruin the joy? Cause I'm trying to like clock moments and pay attention to things to talk about. And then, you know what? It didn't, I really enjoyed it anyway. Uh, you know, there's like this, you know, so much said about bachelor nation. It's a bit of a crazy world. However, at the ringer and in my life, the people who like really like the bachelor and like talking about it is like very nice. And I, the people who like work on this show and cover cover the bachelor for the ringer, are like all really lovely. And so I do enjoy like that community aspect of it. And like having something we share the ringer covers sports and pop culture. We treat it like a sport and like, I love sports. So it's, it's nice to like have that. It's also like, it's also just nice that people really care about something and like to be a, a part of their like media diet. So there's like plenty of good things, but I, I well, like when you're back to your so, question, why did he yeah. choose Cl- Sarah? Yeah. Do I you don't have know. Insight? Cause I didn't know that it's chosen for him. Is it fully chosen for him? I think sometimes it's like, a. I think there's a lot of like negotiating that goes beyond goes on between the lead and production where they're sort of like, they want certain outcomes, but also they want him to pursue love. So like they're, and also uh, 
Clay, uh, Colton spilled the beans a few years ago that basically they have you rank like your top five like every day and so they can like gauge who you're into and so then they like set the dates up for you based on this and that or whatever well that's kind of good though I mean that to me makes it feel like it's a little more legit because they're actually taking into account who he's vibing with and giving those people priority but I gotta say like he picked Sarah I was seeing her in the house and I was like who is that again I couldn't really remember which one she was and then she had a full face of makeup on in her dress and I was like okay I kind of remember who this girl is <laughs> And I was like, I'm not looking forward to their date. I just didn't feel connected to their connection. Did you? Um, no. I feel like you're hosting. It's because you're a podcast host. You're tr- you're like <gasps> sorry. Qu- no, no, no apologies necessary. It's just fun. it's funny when I notice it with other people. Um, did I notice that? Uh, yeah. I don't think I keep wanting to call him Colton. I don't think Clayton's I know it's had really chemistry. tough. It's really hard. Also, they kind of look alike. Um, Clayton doesn't have chemistry with anyone so far as I can tell. Maybe with Teddy, but they've buried her. But he's the she's the one he's like clearly the most attracted to. He also seems pretty into Rachel, but she too has been buried. So I think that I really like it. The Teddy um, first impression. Yes. Rose. I really liked him choosing her. I thought I mean, she did come across really young, a little bit, maybe a little too young to end up with. You know, she might not be ready for that. But I liked her as a choice for him. That, that yeah. was kind of the beginning of me being like, oh, this guy's not as straight down the middle as you expect him to be. He's going to take a little bit of a left turn and not go for the like typical pageanty girl in front of him. Totally. By the way, I'm surprised you like H- Hannah Brown if you have a problem with the pageanty girl. She's like the pageant girl. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't enjoy her as much when she was a contestant. Um, And was it was her that like couldn't do a toast, right? Yeah. <laughs> she was okay. like, roll tide. <laughs> yes. Okay. I know Montana has so many things to, tie, to throw in here. Uh, yes. When she couldn't make a toast, that was hard for me to get on board because uh, she just wasn't coming to the table with enough for me. And of course, she's very pa- pageanty. Um, I think that that's what made me um, like her is that she, for me, kind of helped um, the stereotype I had in my mind for her when she stood up for herself and um, didn't let her like good Christian pageant girl thing, you know, run the show and and show that she actually also has a, is a strong woman and not that you're not a strong woman, but you know what I mean? She was like, she was more edgy than I expected her to be. Totally. Also, sometimes you like, like I, Clayton clearly loves being the bachelor. Like he's clearly loving the attention, which like, what's not to love if you're like, you know, if you want to be dating so many women at one time, like one, why not just go for it? I feel like with Hannah, she clearly really liked being the bachelorette as well, but she made it seem like fun, even when she was struggling or whatever, fighting with someone. And like, there was just like a level of fun to her season that I think will be very, very hard to replicate going forward. I I agree. I think that she was a really great bachelorette and very likable. And my biggest criticism of Clayton right now is that he is incredibly tolerant of drama Mm. and his picker seems to be very off (laughs) on who he's giving his energy to. Um, And what's the girl who just got kicked off last night? Cassidy. Okay. Cassidy is batshit crazy. Insane. Insane. And yeah, And I really just did not enjoy her. And I really didn't enjoy how much validation she kept getting. Because to me, I'm like, Clayton, you seem like a pretty sane, normal guy. This girl is literally riding you on the side of a pool with like a bunch of 12-year-olds nearby and clearly disrespecting (laughs) the other women in the house very early in the competition and coming across very desperate. And that makes you want to give her a rose? 
That's the problem with men. He did it again with Shanae last night when yes. she was making oh out with him at the Baywatch date. And got, Shanae is really hard for me to watch. Horrible. She's really hard. She's an all-time villain. Shanae is much worse than Cassidy, which is really saying something. In my mind, they're one person. Like, they look so much alike. I can't tell them apart. But, and they're just the same similar vibe. But yeah, they're both totally nuts. But he clearly likes that. Like, he likes someone who really, like, goes after it and is, like, flaunts their love. Like, he's a yes. PDA guy, obviously. Yes, because I was watching him watch Shanae last night sit down and be like, okay, um, I don't want this to be what I'm talking about, but like, I mean, Elizabeth is just out for me. And then it's, and I'm looking at him, looking at her and I'm thinking this must be the least attractive conversation any woman could have with you right now. Like (laughs) you must be turned off to a degree that you can't explain. Like you want to send her home. And then he leans in and starts making out with her. Well, I was like, what are you doing? I think to get her to stop talking. I think that's a good, a go-to move. Like, let's that's just make fair. out. That's like, and in all honesty, guys don't have to like the person that they want to make out with. Totally not. It's just like, yeah, I'm attracted to you. Let's do it. And clearly he likes that type of look. There's a lot of women who look that way. Although none of his favorites, I think are that sort of like blonde profile type of, of woman. No, on the show. I agree. He has a very, he has a much more mature taste than I was expecting. And that's why yeah. I'm sort of surprised that the girl, the Shanae's and the, um, I really keep forgetting her name. Who got Cassidy? Okay, the Shanae's and the Cassidy of the world really surprised me because he just doesn't seem like he would be down with that kind of energy. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's it must be a partially a production thing, unfortunately. Sorry to burst your bubble. Um, I know I'm really like naive. I think when it comes to this show, it's better. It's way more fun to watch it that way. Don't ask questions. You know, just like be, be a part of the machine. Just keep keep it going. Yeah, um, I think I'd rather just be like a perfect fan. Yeah, that's great. It's, there's a Backstreet Boys song called The Perfect Fan that can be There is? Yes. Is it about millen- me? It's about from the Millennium album. It was about their mothers. Um, it's the final track on Millennium. It's a really cheesy song. I'm sure <laughs> okay, they're Okay, so you're just well-versed. You have, a lo- you have knowledge on many things other than The Bachelor. Yes, it's just one area of expertise. <laughs> I, would say the Bachelor, I would say The Backstreet Boys are another. Um, what do you think of Clayton's fashion? I've been meaning to discuss this. Callie and I meant to talk about it, and we just forgot. There was so much else to cover. We on this podcast have a strong, well, I did. Callie seems to be changing her mind and we'll address it. But I am very anti-male hoodie under the blazer. Mm. And that is a, apparently a go-to look for Clayton. And you, you're in fashion. Mm-hmm. How does this fashion strike you? Okay, I would say that he does not have the most offensive fashion in Bachelor Nation okay, okay or Bachelor history. I would say that typically the guys on the show do not lean towards my fashion sense for guys except for like okay who was the guy in hannah brown's season that's like the country star jed and was like living a double life okay. jed yeah jed that's like if they're good i mean maybe he's a bad guy but like let's just say aesthetically like that vibe i think is much more appealing like a guy in a flannel that's like i, I don't know what his shoes were but the shoes on this show should be burned very at bad. the stake. It is crazy the shoes that these guys wear. I don't know who decided it's good to like wear skinny jeans and roll them up at your heels and then not wear socks. It is the least attractive thing that I've ever witnessed. I wish these guys would wear like some cool sneakers maybe. I know. I was just going to say even if they can't show brands like just get some like basic vans like just some plain canvas. Nothing wrong oh, with that. Oh, okay. They can't show brands. I'm sure they can't. Like there's no way they could possibly pay Nike enough for someone to be wearing like even dunks or whatever. So right. Nike's like, mm, I'm good on that. Uh, yeah, but, really sponsor. but like 
what's wrong with, again, like plain vans or like even some Stan Smiths where you can't really see the Adidas branding. Like, yeah, very like obscure that. Or like blur. There's but can these guys just wear pants that go all the way to their shoes, please? And, socks. and please wear a sock and do not wear a ped sock. That is not for you. <laughs> wear a sock, a full sock. You can wear an athletic sock that's black or white, or you can wear a fun sock. Pick one of them. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint-resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual power filtration on the Maytag Tall Tub dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th. U.S. only. See store online for details. And they can go to Happy Socks beforehand and, st- and stock up. You know that store? No. What is it? Happy Socks. It has a lot of socks. There's oh, one. Uh, I used great. to live near one in Silver Lake and Sunset they, Junction. Do they um, sponsor this podcast? No. Well, they should. Free advertisement for Happy Socks. Yeah. Um, so I think that I would just say that Clayton's fashion didn't offend me. I'm not as offended by the hoodie and the and the coat combo. Um, I'm more, I'm much more offended by other things that of fashion that happened on the show. What about that leather jacket this week that was like shiny and looked like it was like borrowed from the set of like the first Terminator movie or something? There definitely was like a moment when he was sitting on the couch with someone and he like caught some interesting light and he had that shimmery coat on <laughs> and he looked like it looked like it was like a. Um, Kind of uh, reminded me of Tom Cruise, like, like Tom ha- Cruise doing like a press a, tour. Yeah, but like felt, he, he's not Tom Cruise. Felt like a very like a Grease revival, you know. It had that energy to <laughs> yeah. it. It was, but I again tough. appreciated his sort of lean towards being, I guess, a little edgy. You know, these guys typically have this like Newport Beach bro energy <laughs> that just doesn't um, scream fashionable. And um, I grew up in Malibu, so I'm like very turned off by that. Um, like beachy look. Sure. Yeah, I, aesthetic. I associate it with San Diego and I'm also yes. not a fan. Not a fan. Been to San Diego. It triggered the hell out of me. It felt just like uh, my teenage days with all those guys. San Diego stinks. Um, so if you grew up in Malibu, how did you feel about this Baywatch date? Which by the way, where do you think, what part of the beach do you think that was? I thought it was like near Dockweiler, like down by Marina. Like, Did it say oh. it was Malibu? Well, Baywatch was supposed to be in Malibu and the bachelor bachelor mansion is in Agora Hills right over Malibu. So I mean, can we talk about how, can we talk about how much of a dump bachelor mansion is? It's yeah, it looks it's so bad. Crazy. When I the exterior. Have you been there? Never been there. 
it, if you go inside, it's like been so ruined by production and like they have lights everywhere and, you know, like cords and whatever. It's like not nice. It's, <laughs> it's crazy like, that they don't update it. I mean, the show must make so much money. Like, can't you they create don't own a it. cool? Oh, they don't. Why don't they own it? It's owned by this guy who's like a contractor and he has like a really large like barn converted into a house. that's also on the property. So I think he like sometimes lives there. And when they're doing production, they use the barn. It's like the sort of like control room area weird mm-hmm. yeah i'm always wanting i'm always wanting an upgrade for them i know it's funny though because jesse palmer was like yeah the mansion i'd never been before like they won't they haven't been using it since the very beginning i think it became permanent like 15 years ago and but yeah it's like it's time to find a different place even like i feel like a really nice house in like pasadena would be better like i the, agree the langham or something like that yeah like this this show gets very stuck in the 90s and i Mm -hmm. want them to current themselves up a little yeah you know and you know that they're like okay walk into the house and you are blown away by how amazing it is and they're like oh my god it's gorgeous this purple velvet couch is Um, really doing it for me i think there are two pools so that's kind of cool especially if like women hate each other you don't have to be blocked from swimming if you don't want to be near one of the other women in the house or the other men in the house or whatever so that's nice i suppose also the kitchen's really big I once went to a night one and like, there's so many people there for night one, like tons of production. And then a lot of randos like me just watching. And I was standing in the kitchen and Ashley, I on her first season, which was crystals like thought, I think I was like wearing black. And so she thought that I worked for the show. So I was like standing in the kitchen. She like came up to me and she like asked for like food. And I feel like I could like help her like find someone to like powder her face. And I was like, I don't work here. (laughs) It was really funny. Is Ashley, I the girl who cried a lot. Yeah. Okay. And she was like three Ashley's that season, right? Yes, exactly. She um, recently, semi-recently relocated to Rhode Island with her husband, Jared, and they're about to have a child. Yeah, I feel like she really worked it out because I feel like I remember Jared being a great guy. Jared is a great guy. Not to brag, but Jared once came to my Christmas party and he is really nice. Whoa. I mean, that <laughs> I mean, don't say not to brag because it's a full brag and it's a cool Thanks. One. Yeah, I hope it impressed you. Um, did. did you watch Baywatch as a child? Because I did. I mean... <sighs> I don't know. I, I guess I did, but it's not really like connected with my childhood in any way. Um, did I mean, you watch Charles growing, in Charge? I watched a lot of Charles in Charge. Because Nicole Eggert was also on Charles in Charge. Yeah, she was, she was iconic. I mean, she I, was just... Absolutely. The hottest, cutest, everything. I love Charles in Charge, so... Yeah, I love Charles in Charge, too. The Baywatch thing, again, I felt like they just didn't utilize it the way that, the best way that they could. I mean, I don't know what, what the what the goal of it was to see everyone in like a red bathing suit. Everyone looked amazing. I know Um, they really did. Also, that's like a, not a flattering red bathing suit. So shout out to all of them. I agree. And they all (laughs) looked so good. Um, yeah, I was, I I thought it was boring. It just didn't really give us anything. It didn't give me the insight. No one went in the water. Just another time the bachelor on the beach, no one touching the water. And like, just like in paradise, but it was a really cold, like gray day. Like it looked like it was pretty bad. Beach they weather, were freezing. So. I mean, when yeah. they were looking at him up in the the uh, lifeguard thing with the other, they were like, lips were purple and they were like shivering. <laughs> it looked horrible. I just wanted more Gabby. Gabby seems so wacky that I don't understand why we didn't get to see more of her. I'm so into Gabby's like sort of like lightly on pills energy. <laughs> You know, she's kind of like, mm, okay, thanks. And I kind of really like it. And she feels funny. And again, I always am into girls that um, kind of have just an, an unexpected personality. Yeah. Uh, 
And she had that. And I like that he commented on how that she's quirky and that he was into that. I like that he was into her sense of humor. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, she's an ICU nurse. So I hope this was like a nice break from life from her, for her. Must have been a rough 18 months leading up to it. So that's great. Also, just a reminder, she dated Dean and Blake Horstman. Oh, I know. I didn't know that. Wait, yeah. which Blake? Which Blake is that? Blake, the one who got like in the in trouble or whatever with uh, in Bachelor in Paradise, the one from Becca Kufrin season. She didn't pick him. And do you watch Love is Blind by any chance on Netflix? I did watch Love is Blind. But wasn't there only one season? Yeah, it's coming back. But uh, Blake is dating someone from Love is Blind now. Oh, um, oh I think named- I wait the girl. Wait, what's Janina. the girl's name? Yeah, Janina, the crazy one. Oh, that girl. She got married to that guy, the redheaded guy. Yeah, and then right? they, I think they didn't get married. They, they had like a really dramatic, like he ran away at the altar. But anyway, Gabby knows some other other bachelor people. So okay, it's yeah, it's a, definitely a small world. I was really last night was very hard to watch. Um, I did not expect when I saw the um, like introduction to everyone. I saw Elizabeth's introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first episode, I was like, n- thought I wouldn't be into her. And she's great. And honestly, I've been like truly shocked at how much patience and maturity she has for absolutely Shanae situation. And I was so confused why, and this is, I've been confused by this many times when there's like a villain in the house, why she didn't say to him, okay, Clayton, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk out there and we're going to ask all nine girls on this date if I've ever bullied anyone or if I've ever come for anyone or if I've been mean to Shanae, because if this is true, then everyone else must have noticed it. Let's ask everybody in the house. <laughs> Go over there and be like, Shanae just said that I'm bullying her. Can you please clarify for Clayton what's happening? And then they would all look at him and be like, this bitch is crazy. And it would clarify it for him. I don't understand why they don't do it. I don't know either. It's probably because they think there are rules. Like when Jesse said to Clayton at the beginning of the episode, there's no rules, Clayton. You can do whatever you want. Like they, I think they all think because they've watched the show, that there's like some rules that they have to like work with them, but they don't even ask. So then probably not I think they're true. also all really scared to spotlight themselves in front of Clayton in any way, in front of any bachelor in any way. Yeah. And so I feel like they're always kind of little whispers on the side and fighting. And then as soon as Clayton comes in, everyone's like all smiles and all good. And what a great night. And they're like, yeah, what a great night. And one of them should be like, hey, just want to pipe in here for a second. Um, Elizabeth is a completely normal person and Shanae is crazy. And you should be aware of that. And nobody, <laughs> nobody does it. I think because I think it'll get them sent home right away. They're like, if I do this, I'm giving up my time with Clayton for him to get to know me. Cause it, he, you know, Elizabeth said this, like she's only talked to him three times and she's had to talk to about Shanae and defend herself all those times. So is she going to lose more to proving herself? Right. But I think if I were Elizabeth at this point, I'd be like, clearly this is not going to work out. We've spent too much time talking about Shanae. I just need to make myself look good on TV. So, but she also just seems like fun. Like anyone who's going to cook garlic butter shrimp for me, I'd like to keep around. That sounds fantastic. Well, let's dive into shrimp gate. Oh my God. Eight shrimp. Is that too many? Okay. So I'm not a big shrimp person, so I can't fully speak to how many you're, you're supposed to eat in one setting, but I am a person who has eaten a meal that is uh, limited when there's a group around. <laughs> and it is common knowledge that you take sort of the least amount that you can get away with taking because several other yeah. people need to eat it. <laughs> Absolutely. However, should Elizabeth has have made more shrimp? Like why did she only make like 15 shrimp? Because 
clearly they're not having carbs, right? There's no rice. There's no noodles. Maybe they're having like a cabbage slaw on the side, but I'm positive there's nary a carb to be found in this house. And Sinead went and made more shrimp. So there clearly was more shrimp to make. There was more. So maybe it's Elizabeth's fault. She should have been thinking ahead. How many people are here? How much do I need to need to? Well, not, not, not cool of you to turn on Elizabeth like this. I don't know. I just, I want to be, I want to be impartial, you know, like I don't like Sinead, but I think we need to be realistic about Elizabeth's shortcomings. And she is probably not set out to be a caterer. And that's fine. This is not about top catering. <laughs> okay, I can accept that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have to... She just seems to be a very gracious human being. She re- she really does. She seems delightful. Far more gracious than I would be able to be in that situation. It's also pretty shocking that the kitchen actually works. Like, it's also even more shocking that they're responsible for their own meals. Like, that's crazy. Isn't there craft services for them? Like, what the I fuck? am... I am always curious. You'll know this because I don't know spoilers on the show. Um, so when it comes to their outfits and their mm-hmm. hair and makeup, are they responsible for it themselves or is there like a wardrobe room? No, they're fully responsible. What? Oh. But how do they fit 19 dresses and outfits in these little little suitcases they're trotting around? I think they have way more than you see, like in terms of suitcases. And yeah, like they, they have to do it themselves. The lead gets their own um, hair and makeup. So like, Clayton's not doing it himself and they're the never leads. doing their own hair. I mean, they're never getting it professionally done. No, never. That's Maybe actually her. scary. How, how much hair good and makeup they are on that show <laughs> and how good they are. I could never do that. Like I can barely do anything with my hair. I could like maybe flatten iron it. I can't even do like a, like curling iron. Um, I, I just like don't know how they do it, but a lot of them will like go to stores and like try to like make a deal to be like, if I, like tag you will you get this one for free or they'll like return it after i mean and plus i think they share clothes for that reason because people are just like cool i'll I'll wear that right i mean also i can barely go on a weekend trip without like overpacking sweats and leggings so like yeah. if, I had to, if i had to do everything i might be wearing and could be seen on camera like i would be impossible you I mean it would stress you out if somebody said please pack a bag filled with everything you'd like to see your future husband see you wearing <laughs> It would be so hard. Also, one season, there was a woman who was like an esthetician. And so she like and she made it pretty far and she would do people's like eyebrows and hair and stuff. And I think they were like her name was Elise. They were really happy to have her around. I think that was Colton season. Um, That was nice. Do you do you have any more Bachelor thoughts? Because otherwise, I'd like to ask you about some of your other endeavors. I mean, obviously, oh, you want to talk about me instead of The Bachelor? Well, just I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. I follow I follow your content. And so I don't know. Like I, I told you before we started taping, I felt it was really important to disclose that I'm a huge fan of your nephew, Otto, and your niece, Junie, and Sarah's <laughs> kids too, but Otto's obviously a star. I think you guys can probably acknowledge that. Um, yeah. How, how does it feel to have like, created a phenomenon on the internet? Um, I think it feels really good. Um, listen, I think like everybody thinks that they're family members, kids are cute, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I'm able to confirm that mine are with, uh, the public, it is obviously great. Um, and I didn't mean to make auto happen. Like, <laughs> you know, it was totally unintentional. My, my little sister, Jordan, she lives in New York. Her husband's from England and they had auto and, um, and he just like, started talking with an English accent because he mimicked his dad and he watched a lot of Peppa and he was so cute. And he is Peppa English. Peppa's English. Yeah. Oh my God. I never knew that. Wow. She has an English accent. And, uh, and so when the pandemic happened, 
they came to Los Angeles because being in LA with a two-year-old in a pandemic is not fun. They came here and she would like drop him off at my house. And, you know, he was like two years old and he was just speaking in full sentences with an English accent. And I thought it was so funny and so cute. And he was so precocious and like advanced. And, and then I just, I don't know, all these people just thought it was, they became so invested. And then I'm invested. He really, he really gave me what I was looking for. And, and he was just such a ham. It really worked out, but now he's a little older. He's turning four, um, this month. Well, sorry, February. And he's more aware, you know, Mm -hmm. so it kind of the, the filming him secretly doesn't really work anymore. I see. I am so curious to see what happens with his accent as a completely just, you know, impartial fan out here. I'm just really wondering, will he stay English sounding? What do you guys think? Well, I gotta give it to you real. Okay. Okay. The accent is going away. Oh my God. I know. I know. That's very, very, I don't want to say it's troubling. I'm sure he'll be cute no matter what, but it's a big development. Thank you for being honest. This is, I know. I didn't want to drop this bomb on you, but it is going away because they spent a lot of time in England in the pandemic and with his grandparents a lot. And now he's been in New York and he's in school and it's been really hard for it to stick. And, um, but when I say to my sister, to Jordan, like, oh no, his accent's going away and people are gonna be so upset. And she's like, it hurts my feelings that he's like only cute with the accent, you know, (laughs) isn't he cute without an accent? And I was like, I hear you. (laughs) <laughs> yes, of course, but the accent really adds that extra layer. So, unfortunately, it is kind of fading away, but maybe we can jolt it back in. I think he'll be cute no matter what. So, he's really, definitely going to be cute no matter what. I'm not trying to say like I'll lose interest. I I I won't. Also, this is like pretty creepy conversation about an <laughs> almost 4-year-old, but thanks for indulging in it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Um, also, you recently started, semi-recently, would you say it's recent that you started Favorite Daughter Clothing Line with your sisters? Yeah, we started it a year ago. So, wow. well, a little over a year ago now, but yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty new. How did it come together? I'm just generally curious, like as just, I don't know the story. Uh, the way it came together. So do you know this brand Suburban Riot? You ever heard of yeah. them? Mm-hmm. So they made that sweatshirt that said Kale instead of Yale that like mm-hmm. Beyonce wore in a music video. And I thought it was really funny and I bought it. And I started kind of wearing some of their sweatshirts and they DM me one time and they're like, Oh, do you ever want to do a collaboration? And I said, sure. And I said, Sarah, you should do this with me. And so we kind of just designed a bunch of different t-shirts and sweatshirts for them. And one of the t-shirts we designed with them, we decided to have it say favorite daughter on it. And I said, it was Sarah's idea. And I was like, Oh, so it's kind of a dumb idea. Like it's kind of cutesy. And like, I I was trying to go more like sarcastic. I had like shirts that say dying alone on it. And she Mm. wanted favorite daughter. (laughs) And, um, and it ended up like just going crazy. It just, it sold so much and sold out so quickly over and over again and outsold the kale sweatshirt. Wow. And we were like, shit, maybe we're unintentionally kind of onto something here. And so we had this opportunity. These, this company centric brands came to us and said, we want to start a, a clothing brand with you called favorite daughter. And, um, and we thought it was such a, a great opportunity. And so we were really lucky and we, we, we started it together. That's awesome. Um, like of all the things that you do, which do you enjoy the most? <sighs> you know, other, it's really other hard. Than watching television, obviously. Yeah, of course. If I could get paid to watch The Bachelor like you, that would obviously be my favorite job. Uh, it's really hard to say. You know, I my like prop, my real trade is, is being a comedy writer, a TV writer. And that's what I 
that was my main and only source of income and job for the last uh, 10 years. And um, there's something so rewarding about it, but it's also so hard. And so competitive. (laughs) It's so competitive. It's really hard. um, And the busier you get in in life, the harder it is to write because to write, you really need like uninterrupted space around you and your brain and your mind. You can't like fit it in between other things. You really need like a lot of space and I don't have as much of that. So that part of my life and my career has been a lot harder for me to maintain because the stakes are so high. You can't like phone it in ever and have to be like fully alert every single time and really on top of it. And Favorite Daughter has been really fun for me because um, in some ways the stakes are much lower because it's about clothes. It's not like an idea from my mind that I have to fully realize. I, I have all these people in place to help. You know, when I'm writing, of course you have producers and, and people helping you, but the only person who can write is you. You have to do it yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with favorite daughter, you have a whole team of people around you that are really professionals in that area and have done it before. And so you get a lot of support and, you know, at the end of the day, if like a zipper looks like this or like that, or a sleeve has a, you know, a puff or a tuck or whatever, it's not going to be sort of life and death like it is if you write a script and, you know, someone doesn't like it. Yeah. So there's something about the like instant gratification I get from Favorite Daughter that's just been, I've been really surprised at how naturally it's come to me uh, and how much I really love the process because I, I didn't know how I would feel like, you know, designing clothes and running a brand like that. That's awesome. That's, it's also cool and just sort of like happens based on something that else was successful. And it wasn't like, here's my plan, but you sort of like find your way. Yeah, it really wasn't a part of the plan. And then Sarah and I, not to be competitive with you, but we have a podcast and um, <laughs> everyone I, listen to it. It's called the world's first podcast. Yes, please listen to it. You guys, I mean, don't not listen to the one you're listening to now to go listen to ours, but listen no. to it in addition. I don't think they're like competitive pods. So I no, think you probably not. can make space for both. And if you only have time for one, well, that's your choice. <laughs> um, no, the podcast has been really, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, it's been very um, satisfying. I, my favorite thing to do in my life is to connect with other women. Mostly women I don't know. You know, the women <laughs> I know, I are connected <laughs> with them enough. I want to connect with women I don't know about like shared struggles or anxieties or challenges or fears. Um, and that is my favorite thing to do. And that's what I always did with my writing. Mm. And now I get to do it in a podcast and it's, um, it's just been really amazing how, how much it's resonated, resonated with, with other women. Cause that's what the goal is. What's the, t- like, what's the top topic where you're like, wow, I thought only I would care about this, but so many people care about it too. Like what you've been most surprised by in the feedback. And by the way, I genuinely am just curious about your experience. This is like, probably this is like just answering questions for me. So thank you. Um, (laughs) drinking. Oh, cool. Drinking is, is the number one, I think. Well, you know, uh, drinking and Judaism. Mm. These are my shocking, my surprising topics that people have been really into. Uh, I'm Jewish. That that tracks for me. Right. It's right. It tracks. Yeah. So yeah, we had an episode with um, Rabbi Steve Leader, who is the head rabbi at Wilshire Boulevard Temple, and talked to him about what it means to be Jewish and life and death and converting because I converted to be Jewish. Um, And that was a hugely successful episode for us, which I was fascinated by because, you know, if you've never converted to Judaism or aren't Jewish, you might not care about it. Or if you Mm -hmm. are Jewish, you're kind of like, I know everything I need to know. 
And it was a really, really uh, powerful episode for a lot of people. And, um, and we also did a second episode with Rabbi Shapiro who converted me and ran the conversion process. And that was fascinating too, that people love that. Cause it's just interesting hearing about what a religion's all about and what it means yeah. to convert and like how you modernize a religion, you know? Um, and that was interesting. And then we recently did this episode about drinking and, and, and not drinking. Mm. And that was very popular. Interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, final question. And then I'll let you go. What other reality TV shows do you watch? Great question. If any. Um, oh, okay. My husband and I watch Selling Sunset. Great. Great show. Great show. Um, I, and, yes. I hate Christine. Just I was just going to say Christine is a wild villain. Oh, my God. But the end of the end of the season was amazing. Seeing Heather walk off and be like, not now, not in front of the cameras. I was like, oh, this is real. I was like, oh, nice. yeah, they hate each Very other. Very real. I was like, cool. They yes. really hate each other. I'd love to know more. Yeah, that show really has kicked it into gear for us. Um, and strangely enough, my husband got me into Vanderpump Rules and Shaws of Sunset. Mm. OK, uh, he has Did- like a secret reality loving side to him. So he, he loves a Bravo celebrity. Um, yeah, but he will not watch. He will not get into the bachelor with me. It's an, it's a hard no for him. Okay. Um, Vanderpump, did you go back to the beginning or you just jump in from current? No, I started day one. Oh my God. I, I, um, first of all, I've interviewed Stassi in person a few times and it was way back in the day. Like she was still dating Patrick. That means anything to you. Oh, it does. And and uh, it was a different, a different era way before Bo. Oh, Patrick was so annoying and we didn't even really get to know him that well, but just his presence was he annoying. St- he stunk. Yeah. Um, how does, how does Vanderpump make you feel about your home hometown of Los Angeles? Because <laughs> I really struggle with both the, with the depiction of Los Angeles and both selling sunset and Vanderpump rules though. Like I, and Vanderpump has just been like a wild, wild ride. I mean, it's, it's really like, it's funny you say that because Simon and I were watching sunset selling sunset recently. And he was like, you realize that this is what people think everyone in LA is like. Yeah. And it's so upsetting. (laughs) It's so upsetting, but listen, it's not wrong. There are a lot of people in LA like this. That is the cold, hard truth. I know that there, it is not strange to see a girl that looks like Christine when you go to get your smoothie down the street. It is not, it is not strange. And that is, it is upsetting. It's a big part of what makes me not like being in LA. It's mm-hmm. a big part of what makes me want to like get up and move to New York. I mean, I, I think that it is one of those things where you have like, I'm shocked by it and bothered by it. And I hate the like fake entitled spoiled brat girl energy that we portray in LA. This like materialistic Barbie doll thing is, is not something that I want to participate in at all. But then as time goes on, you just start to get more and more used to it. And it stops being weird. Yeah. I know you kind of like get like inoculated. You're like, oh, okay. Vanderpump's even more like real in some ways. You're like, yeah, people come here to become, well, I say I'm I'm currently in New York, but people move, people move to LA to like be a bartender or to be a model while being a bartender. Vanderpump was more real. I mean, Vanderpump was like about struggling actors and waiters and bartenders who were like hustling and having roommates and trying to figure it out and like struggling to make it. And they still talk about that. They still talk about how much money they it's going to cost to, you know, get the house that they want. And like, to me, that's a more 
enjoyable, like you can connect with the people that um, like as they come up in the world. I think the show, you know, it always loses a little bit of its luster when everyone on the show is now famous in their own right. So their lives are really different. So they're really like aware of the camera and aware of how they position things. And and they have more money and they have more money. Yeah. Early on, they're they're They don't have any idea. So they're just really being themselves. And so it's it's likable. But the only, um, the only thing the early seasons of Vanderpump wasn't honest about was the amount of drug use, which had to have been copious. But oh, yeah. But they never they never go there. Obviously, they can't. But um, Aaron, thank you so much for doing this. I hope you enjoyed it because I did. It was a true delight. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. If you did enjoy this, check out Aaron's podcast with her sister, Sarah, the world's first podcast. And Callie and I will be back on Monday night, as always. Thank you to Erica Cervantes for producing this episode. And thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. 